Hello, Philip here from 633, welcoming you to this new lead podcast, which I've entitled Lead, Don't Strive. It's great to have you along. Welcome. For those of us in any form of Christian leadership, we know that so often, deep down inside, we can often sense feelings of inadequacy, perhaps, and and sometimes at other times, and for other people, it's feelings of superiority. Now note, I say these are feelings. I'm not saying we express them. I'm not saying we even believe them necessarily. But sometimes we can feel this way within. And so much of the reason for that is that there is this problem that we face of comparison. Comparing our ministries with those that other people are leading. And sometimes, yeah, we can feel better about ourselves because actually we think someone else isn't doing quite as well as we are. Or we can feel inadequate because someone else and their ministry are having greater success or perhaps greater profile than we are getting. A better well-known, perhaps. Let me say this, that leadership can tend to competition, striving and pressure. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, aim for perfection. Now that is a great goal. The problem with that goal potentially is it can lead us into pursuing perfectionism, which is not the same thing. So it's little wonder then that he immediately adds to that aim for perfection statement these words, listen to my appeal, be of one mind, live in peace. Effectively, Paul is saying, go after your dreams, aim to be the best, don't give up, aim higher, seek greater. But unity is more important than achievement and a peaceful heart is a greater achievement than ministry success. I think that is a lesson that every leader needs to learn. Let me say it again. Unity is more important than achievement and a peaceful heart is a greater achievement than ministry success. Unity and peace, key goals for our ministries. It is vitally important that we have goals for ministry. We need to know what it is we're aiming at. We need to know what it is we're called to. We need to know that we're seeking to extend God's kingdom and not to promote ourselves. But don't let perfectionism rob you of seeking perfection in your life. One of the translations says in this verse in 2 Corinthians 13, instead of using the expression aim for perfection, it says this, seek for full restoration. You see, now there is a word for us, restoration. Seek your own full restoration to relationship with God and seek it for others too. We cannot seek for others what we are not seeking for ourselves. We cannot lead others into an experience that we have not been through ourselves. And there is no ministry that is more important than the kingdom that we're called to seek and to seek to extend. So let's focus on our own lives, on our own restoration to relationship with God in every aspect of our personal lives and families before we're seeking it for others outside. 
In that verse from 2 Corinthians 13, Paul continues, And the God of love and peace will be with you. Oh, praise God. Don't we all want the God of love and peace to be with us? Isn't that our desire? Isn't that our cry so often? And if God is, as he is, a God of love, of grace, of peace, and so much more, then we need to make sure in our ministries that we're being led by his spirit and not led by the spirit of man or the spirit of this world. Let me ask you a question or two. How much do you genuinely love those that you lead or minister to? Have they become no more than another meeting that you get to preach at, another group that you can teach what you have learned? Even, dare I say it, have they become another opportunity for a photograph or a ministry success? Have they become those people God has called you to? Have they become a personal profile razor, making you or me look good? Or do you love them? Would you expend yourself for them? Would you sacrifice yourself for them with no one else looking? Would you love the least of them without applause or recognition? Now I recognise that these are tough questions and perhaps even a little bit insulting for some of us to, to consider. But I do believe we have to examine ourselves when we're in ministry leadership or the spirit of this world will infect us and render us ineffective and unrecognisable of servants of Jesus Christ. Having a good hard look at our lives as ministers, as leaders, as Christian leaders, is crucial for us. Let me share some more words from the Apostle Paul from Ephesians 2 verse 8. By grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you've been saved through faith. You know those words, they're so familiar to Christians. See, our message is one of grace, not one of performance. It's not about our performance, nor is it about the performance of those that we're calling to Christ. We shouldn't be measuring their discipleship by how well they perform. We are, in fact, saved and kept, sanctified as well as justified by grace. So it's important as Christian leaders that we allow grace to be our message and our lifestyle. Paul goes on in Romans 12, 2 and says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is there a transformation going on in my life and in your life at this moment in time? We may be aiming for perfection, but none of us as yet have arrived there. We need to continually be transformed, and our mind is key in that process, as much as God's grace is key in that process. But you know, we have to examine ourselves. We have to check our motives and our attitudes for everything that we do. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse our minds from worldly ambition, so that we can live in the centre of God's will for our lives and for our ministries. This is how perfection has an appropriate place in our hearts, because it's his perfect will, not us seeking after our own perfection. Again, the Apostle Paul has words for us here in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. 
He says this, not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. That's a challenging word too. Not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. We may have been trained by the greatest trainer. We may have been to the best Bible school or seminary. But we're not competent to claim anything as coming from ourselves. All of our competence, our abilities, or our success, or our achievements are gained as the result of God's Holy Spirit working through us. We are co-laborers. We are partners with him, not self-employed business people. It is his vineyard that we work in, not our own. He is the Lord of the harvest. We are the laborers and he enables us. It's far too easy when we're in Christian leadership to imagine that it's all about us. Uh, to, 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 to consider that we, we are the ones that need to lead this thing forward. That it's about our vision, it's about our ability or our competence. No, it's about God's competence. And he can well do anything that he wants to do with or without us. He calls us to work with him in his vineyard. He doesn't give us a vineyard of our own. It's his vineyard. He's the Lord of the harvest. He calls us to help him to bring that harvest in. He enables us. Remember these words again from 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. God enables us to be competent by his grace and by the power of his spirit. He enables us. So let's encourage one another with these words from the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.8. He says, whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That's a bold statement. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You see, Paul served rather than led, though he was clearly a leader. But Jesus was his model as a servant leader. Remember him speaking to the Ephesian Christians as he was about to leave them in in the Acts of the Apostles. And he said, be shepherds of the flock. Why? Because he was the shepherd and because Jesus, his model, is the good shepherd. So we're called to shepherd people, not to beat them up, not to lay rules on them, not to lay expectations on them they cannot achieve, but to shepherd, to care, to nurture, to pasture them, to love them, and to keep them safe and to keep them well. Paul encourages us to look at this life of self-sacrifice and model ourselves on him as he modelled himself on the Lord Jesus. And that is the way that we will discover that peace that keeps us in God's will. It's not about our competence. It's about learning from our Saviour. It's not about our abilities. It's about watching the shepherd and doing what he asks us to do. We are the under-shepherds, as Peter talks about in one of his letters. So let's be encouraged. Let's be encouraged to put into practice a servant leadership. And the God of peace will be with us. And if he's with us, he'll be with those that we lead. One final verse from 
Hebrews 13 verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Here in these verses is my prayer for you right now. I don't know how you're doing in your walk with Jesus or in your leadership, whether that's of a ministry or of a church, uh, whether that's of a small group, uh, whatever it may be. But we call upon the God of peace to be with us. The one who brought back from the dead the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. May he, the shepherd, equip us to be his under-shepherds to give us everything we need to do his will so that he can work through us and in us all that is pleasing, his good, perfect and pleasing will through Jesus. And so he gets the glory because it's his competence, not ours, because it's his will, not ours, because it's his vineyard, not ours, because it's his leading, not our cleverness or vision. May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. If you're struggling at this moment, if, if you're disappointed or discouraged in the ministry that you've got, may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. If it's all going really well, if you're beginning just to get a little bit proud of how well it's all going, may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. Wherever we are in our walk with Jesus and our leadership of others, May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. Lord Jesus, be with my brothers and my sisters who are right now seeking to lead, to teach, to reach those that don't yet know you, uh, to, to encourage those who've given their hearts and lives to you. And oh, Father, may they keep their eyes upon Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. And as his under-shepherds, may they love and give themselves for those people that they're called to care for. And Lord, would you equip them with everything good for doing your will, in Jesus' name, and for his glory. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us on this 633 podcast. Remember, there are three series of podcasts. Explore for people who are uh, looking to discover what faith in Christ is about. Follow for those who are already believers in Jesus and to build them up and to encourage them. And as this one, lead for those who are involved in some form of Christian leadership. God bless you. Let's continue to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. This is Philip from 633 saying goodbye. God bless you.